For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, my Auburn peeps? Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined as always by Jason Campbell, here to talk all things Auburn for you today. We've got a couple different storylines we're going to be discussing, um, mostly football, and then we're going to touch on uh, the basketball team a little bit, give you some updates uh, with all of that. So going to be a pretty well-rounded episode, if I do say so myself. My man Jason is pretty relaxed right now, just got a massage and uh, living the life. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Auburn people. I am feeling, you awake? Yes, I am feeling great right now. I've got a massage for about an hour and 45 minutes. I know oh. for all you fans that say, well, you don't play football no more, why you get massages? It's because I want to feel good. I feel good. I look good. So on top of that, I need to tag Auburn alumni because I spent some money ordering some Auburn hoodies and some Auburn polo shirts that was outside of the football team because I wanted to feel like the real alumni. Yeah. And I have yet to receive my package. So if you hear me out there, Auburn alumni, who's ever in control, (laughs) I am looking for you. Boo-hoo, you former athlete, (laughs) not used to waiting like us peasants always have to, okay? Welcome to the real world, Jason. (laughs) Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm used to just walking in there and saying, hey, Dana, can I get this? And Dana, boop, got it right there. I can't. Now, Mm -mm. they call and say, hey, would you like to make this to the school? And then we'll send you down. I'm like, yeah. It's been a year. (laughs) Where's my stuff? (laughs) Uh, Oh man, yep. This is this is real life. When uh, when you don't wear the jersey, life's hard. Man, <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, let's dive in talking about some different storylines surrounding Auburn football. Really, football never sleeps. I love that about college football. There's always something to be talking about. And one of my favorite people to talk about in relation to Auburn football is my man, Kevin Steele. He has signed a three-year deal to remain Auburn's defensive coordinator through 2022, reportedly earning $2.5 million annually. This would make him the highest paid assistant coach in the country. And uh, honestly, I think so deserved. We have talked all season about the impact that Kevin Steele has had on this defense, but more than that, he's had an impact on this football program. He's had an impact on the culture. He's had an impact on all the guys that he has coached. And I think he is a staple that needs to remain on this coaching staff. Yeah, you're exactly right, Taylor. When you think about uh, Coach Steele and what he's done for Auburn University and what he's done for Gus, you know, let's think about it. You know, Gus Steele has a job at Auburn, a lot of it because of the ways Coach Steele defense has kept us in a lot of games from those years when our offense was kind of sputtering. So, um, you know, Coach Steele could have took many jobs and went somewhere and got a head coaching job and been making more money. And But he loves Auburn. He wants to retire, so, uh, retire in Auburn, and this is where he wants to be. So 
it was definitely the right decision by the AD and Gus to, you know, to to pay him his due. And, you know, like I say, he's the highest paid assistant in all of college football. Show me the money. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's well deserved. And, uh, you know, I couldn't think of a prouder person, you know, that's, that's when you see someone deserving of this because every kid I know that plays for him always – talks to him like he's their dad, like a dad away from yeah. home, you know, someone they can go and just talk to about anything and he's there for them. And that's what you want. And uh, I think him and Gus has built a really good relationship over these years together. And and it keeps everything intact, keeps stability there for for the recruiting class, keeps stability there for guys that are, that's coming to our program. And notice you have a coach that's not going anywhere. That's awesome. I agree. I mean, this will be his fifth season as the defensive coordinator at Auburn, which is the longest stint for a defensive coordinator since Wayne Hall in the 90s. I had four different coordinators in four years and three different uh, defensive coaches, defensive coordinators. Okay, so in four years. is that specifically Auburn, or do you think that's the case in the entire landscape of college football right now? I just think it's uh, depending on who's the head coach. Uh, you know, mm. Tuberville was a guy he could make, he makes changes very quickly. And, um, you know, if it's something he didn't like from the year before, he wouldn't even give it another year. He'd just say, hey, we're, we're changing it. And uh, and then it is the thing with college football and a lot of these times, and not all of them was, you know, guys getting fired. You know, Coach Petrino, Bobby Petrino was our coordinator our sophomore year. We had a really good year. And then we was getting ready to go into our junior year, but Louisville offered him the head coaching job. So there's no way in the world he was going to turn that down. So he ended up right. going to Louisville. So we tried to keep the offense the same our junior year. But no one knew it like Coach Petrino, so it was totally different. So then the next year, he had to go get an offense coordinator that was very experienced and uh, for our senior season. But you look around college football, it's hard to keep coaches on staff unless they're like Coach Steele, where they just say, I don't want to go anywhere. Because no one's turning down head coaching opportunities. That's what all these guys coach for. Unless you just mm-hmm. are content with where you are and, where, and, and, and nothing driving you to want to be a head coach, then – you're in a different playing field, but most time these guys are trying to get that head coaching job and, uh, and everything. And it's when you're winning every school that wins, your coach going to come and get offered and get taken away. Right. And, uh, and that's just reality. So you're always revolving. If you look at Clemson, their defense coordinator, he's the same as coach Steele. He had many chances to go somewhere, but he does not want to leave Clemson. And so you have to find guys like that in order for your staff not to be a revolving door. Honestly, it's like coaches also have a transfer portal these days. They mm-hmm. have so many opportunities to go and and try somewhere else and really uh, increase their stock a little bit. And Kevin Steele is one of the best examples of that. He's somebody that could go anywhere, and he has opted to stay at Auburn. So, I mean, it, it comes down to just the value that he sees in his role at Auburn. And as an Auburn fan, I'm incredibly grateful that he sees that value and that he is committed to staying there and until he, you know, decides to retire because the mark that he has made is so completely evident. And it's it's not just the X's and O's. It's the impact that he's had on people that have come through Auburn as well. But uh, to your point about, you know, impressive coaches now being such a hot commodity at other places because the coaching carousel is arguably at an all-time high, we're also getting into a very unique situation where it's not just the college world. Now college coaches are being pulled into the NFL. Mm -hmm. I'm here in Carolina. I work for the Panthers, and we just hired Matt Rule as the head coach. He brought his 
defensive coordinator Phil Snow, who is now the defensive coordinator here, and Joe Brady from LSU is the offensive coordinator. None of those guys have had that position in the NFL. They all came from the college world. So now you're adding the risk of losing guys like Kevin Steele to the league. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's happening is because they feel like, okay, these guys, these owners are saying, okay, these guys had these guys in college. Now, we, when they get to the NFL, how can we keep them producing the same way they did when they was at their universities? And the first thing they're saying, well, maybe we need to change what we do and start adapting some of the offenses that they're running in college and adapting some of the defenses that they're running in college to stop these offenses. So we have to go get people that do it on a daily basis. And mm -hmm. when you think what Carolina did and you think as a college coach, you also look at it like, hey, wife, I can go to the NFL and coach elite players in all of football, but at the same time, I don't have to be on the road as much recruiting. So I'm not away from you and the kids recruiting as much as I have to do in college because in the NFL, it's only free agency. And that's right. What, and, and everything. So that saves a whole lot of family time. And then you're getting paid. Yes, a lot of college coaches make more money than some NFL coach, but you're still getting paid very well in college. Not here in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that guy got seventy million. So, Lord, you know. So, in his in his defense, he's like, "Hey, I have security. I don't have to travel away from home. I'm here in Carolina, pretty much full time. I can go home. I can see my family. I don't have to worry about my phone ringing all day. And maybe it's a parent, or maybe it's a player from a, from a high school that we're trying to recruit." And, uh, and I have to answer it and take it, I can actually shut my phone off when I get home if I need to because right. I'm only dealing with the organization. So that's why you see a lot of guys that may take the jump. But then there's guys like uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. If I'm him, I'm not ever leaving Oklahoma because right. we're going to always probably win the Big 12 or be in contention for it. And then they're going to always take care of him salary-wise. And then you and you at a, a prime university that's known for football. So – there are certain jobs in college I wouldn't leave to go to the pro. Like Nick Saban, he's not leaving. You know, like, why yeah. would you do that? You know, so Notre Dame, coach, I wouldn't leave. You know what I'm saying? If I'm at Auburn, I wouldn't leave. You know what I'm saying? To take right. that step. So, you know, it's, it's a big decision for some schools, though. Well, I'm certainly glad that is not a debate that Kevin Steele is having and that we know we at least have him for three more years. That, that means great things for a defense that is already going to have to replace rock stars if you had to replace a coordinator like Kevin Steele I mean that is an uphill battle that would take a long time to climb so if we're talking about new stars coming in and filling these shoes Kevin Steele is the guy to get them to that point but on the opposite side of things some coaches will opt to take the next opportunity uh, and that has happened this past week DB coach Marcus Woodson, who joined the staff in 2018, was hired at Florida State. So he has departed. Give me a little bit of insight. Obviously, when you talk coaches, you know, the the main seats at the table are the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. You don't necessarily hear as much when position coaches depart or sign a deal to stay. But as a player, how integral are those assistant coaches to the entire uh kind of workings of the machine oh assistant coaches are very important uh you know they like the deep ingredients you know of anything um of the coaching staff because yes the coordinators and the head coach get a lot of attention but the position coaches are the guys that haven't developed having developed these guys techniques their skills their you know 
their play call and as far as like understanding the play calls and, and where you're supposed to fit in and be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Um, when you think about Coach Woodson, anytime you see coaches move from a position as a position coach to another university, it usually comes to some type of history that that, had, that, that coach has with the previous head coach before. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Mike Norvell, that's down at Florida State as the head coach, Coach Woodson and him was on the same staff before. So he had already coached under him. So mm-hmm. I think it just came down to, you know, getting that phone call and they probably upped his salary a little bit more. And, uh, and he probably felt more comfortable with being with Coach Norvell because of their history. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think he took the job and went to Florida State. And that's usually the case. Anytime you see a position coach, it's, it's, it's from previous history relationships and where they feel more comfortable and, and salary increase. You know, let's all face it. You know, everyone wants to make more money. Um, but sometimes money don't always mean wealth and stability, you know. Um, so you have, to de- you have to defend the two and you really have to weigh the options with your family and stuff when making a decision because you can't always jump for the money but you have to jump for right. it. Sometimes the situation may be better. Yeah, the right opportunity. And it also comes down to where these guys are in their coaching career. Marcus Woodson is, is you know, younger and trying to climb the ranks. And, and that's ultimately kind of how you do it. You, you take stepping stones that are ultimately going to help you climb the ladder. Kevin Steele is in the latter half of his career. He's really made his mark and and done his time. And now he's just doing it because he enjoys it. So it, it's not as much of a shock to see these younger guys take the next opportunity. Uh, excited to see what Auburn does and, and who fills those shoes. The other storyline I want to talk about happening this week down in Mobile is the Senior Bowl. Auburn has a few guys down there. Just want to talk a little bit about what's going on. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about the pod by eight sleep. We need at least eight hours of sleep. And one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or too cold. So it is our pleasure to introduce the pod by eight sleep. This is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. This thing learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. No idea how it does that, but that sounds ideal. So if you like the bed cool or if you like it warm, you can have both. Take your pick. Uh, Plus it's a crazy comfortable bed. So for the next week, you can get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500, but you have to go to 8sleep.com slash pro. So that's the number eight spelled out E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro. So it is notable that Derek Brown was invited in case anyone, you know, lives under a rock and didn't think that he would be invited to the Senior Bowl. He was. He declined it. But Prince Tega Winogo went. He did not pass his physical. So he was given a medical flag due to a knee issue that has actually been plaguing him since like September. Uh, But he kind of played through, but he's still dealing with some swelling. And so they are not allowing him to participate. He said he was very surprised. He had every 
expectation of, of practicing all week and playing. He did not think that this was going to be that big of an issue. He's also, you know, not super happy about it because does that affect his draft stock to now be have it out there that he's got this knee issue that's been bothering him since September. Defensive back Javaris Davis was announced as a late addition to the roster. He wasn't on the initial list, but because of some injury replacements that were needed. He got the call. He was actually out training in California and had to fly down to Mobile and is taking full advantage of it. And then, of course, Marlon Davidson is down there impressing the way everyone expected him to. Um, How beneficial is this Senior Bowl opportunity? I I think it's it's unique because – it's somewhere on a, a middle tier where like guys like Derek Brown don't need this. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they've utilized every opportunity where they're going to go in the draft is pretty solid. But guys that maybe are, are on that question mark, this is a great platform and great opportunity to really prove themselves. Oh, yeah, that's a great opportunity. You think about like Derek Brown, like say Joe Burrow, like those guys, they can't raise their stock any higher than what it is. You know, you can only go down there and, you know, and mess up something, you know, get injured or something. So it doesn't make sense for those guys to go. But a guy like Marlon Davidson, yes, he played beside Derrick Brown, but his stock still can rise. Because right now, mm-hmm. you know, no one actually knows, like, where he's at within the draft in the first round or so. You know, so in this case, he can go down there and prove himself. Like, hey, I know Derrick was great, and Derrick got a lot of attention that is well-deserved. But, hey, don't forget about me. I'm about to show y'all who I am. And uh, this is a great week for him to do that uh, with all the college – I mean, with all the NFL coaches down there and and getting a chance to be coached by NFL coaching staff, you know, is also an experience that you don't get – that you get heading to the draft. So I really enjoyed the Senior Bowl when I played in it. Um, You know, we had Cadillac and – Carlos, myself, and Junior Rose Green, and then Ronnie opted not to play into that year, and it was the right decision for him because he was the second pick in the draft. You know, yeah. and, uh, Cadillac was drafted by Tampa because Coach Gruden was our head coach that year and uh, of the Senior Bowl, and and Coach Gruden would keep would run Cadillac in some practices, but not let him get hit or anything physically, and huh. you can kind of see the right on the wall. He saw what he wanted to see and the guy he wanted to take. And we knew he wow. was picking Cadillac because how he was treating him in practice. And when the game time came, I think he only let him get like two rushes and took him out. And huh. and I said, yeah, I said, you're going to Tampa. He's like, you think so? I said, yeah, you're going to Tampa. And so for a guy like Marlon Davidson with these coaching staff down there, so he may just pop one of them eyes and just be like, hey, man, where, where are we located in the draft? Because this guy here is he really may fit what we're trying to do defensively. So it's an opportunity. And other than that, you get to meet a whole bunch of people. Like, it is a fest. Oh, yeah. Like, it is a fest. You go through it. And, and I feel bad because, you know, the kid that had the injury, he don't get a chance to mm-hmm. perform. This is an opportunity for him to raise his value, you know, and it hurts him because he feel like – and he's honest. It does hurt him because this is an investment at the next level in anything with the knees or the shoulders or, oh yeah, you know, especially when it comes to offensive linemen and, and things like that. Like that's tough because all these question marks is, okay, how much longer does he have in that knee before it's a major, major issue? Like, exactly. You know, we're, you know, how, how are we looking at this? Like, is it something worse than, than he think it is or he know what it is? So it's all these questions going through this kid's mind, and here he is trying to prep and prepare and 
And it's, it's so much pressure on these kids, but I always tell all of them, guys, do not put pressure on yourself. Do what got you to this point and mm-hmm. just do it a little bit harder. But at the same time, don't reinvent the wheel. You know, sure. you've already done what you got to do to get to this point. And the other thing is enjoy the process because when it's over, it's over. Like just enjoy, it. enjoy the, the highs, enjoy the lows and enjoy the moment so that you don't regret any of it. And uh, that's what I would tell any of these guys at the Senior Bowl. So what was the most nerve-wracking part for you when we were there? I mean, reading everything that these guys have been doing this week is actually crazy. I mean, there is so much that goes into it. And like you said, you know, it's a a great opportunity to showcase your physicality, but there's also a lot of networking that goes on in this. And you do a lot of press and media and, and meeting some of the bigwigs with these NFL organizations. Which part of it were you really like, oh, wow, this is this could make or break me. Well, the like they take you in the room. And what I mean by that, they have these side rooms at the hotel that you're playing, that you're staying at. And, you know, coaches from different teams will come in and kind of interview you. And at the same time, remind you, there are financial advisors down there and you're getting to have your interviewing them as well. Who's going to take care of your money? And then the agent is down there and the agent is trying to pull you here and there with Nike or Re- uh, or Adidas or New Balance and all these people because they're trying to get you a shoe contract and uh, and everything. So then you're going to meet with these people. So then you also got the Alabama, the state of Alabama news people that's trying to, especially your Auburn guy, you know, we was there like they were trying to do multiple interviews. So then you're getting pulled here for an interview there. And then it gets to the NFL coaches and these guys, they say, hey, get on the board and draw this up and draw that up and, you know, tell us about this play. Tell us about that play. Tell us about your family. Tell us about you know, they want to know everything about you. Like it is a whole interview process before you even get to the combine. And then after the combine, you got the pro day. So you go through basically three phase. If you part of the senior bowl, you go through three phases of interview before you even get to draft day. That's why you get the draft day. It's like, ooh, finally. You know, because <laughs> it is it can be overwhelming to some, you know, but at the same time I say it's a blessing to be in that position. And um and everything and not everybody that plays in the senior bowl gets drafted numerous right. guys didn't get drafted the year that i played in the senior bowl and you're like man i thought buddy's gonna get drafted because he made the senior bowl uh-uh not so fast you know mm-hmm. the same yeah the same thing in the in combine just because you get invited to the combine doesn't mean you're getting drafted so everything true. is everything is performance based and sometimes how you test you know, in those rooms has a lot to do with how they think about you and what they feel about you as a player. Can you adapt to system? Can you take in information and then go out and put it on the field? Because I'm not going to say his name, but there's a quarterback that was in my room with me at the senior bowl and we was running like a West coast type system. And for me being on the Al Borges, that's what we ran. It was a West coast system my senior year. So when he was on the board doing it, it was coming to me just like clockwork. I was able to just wow. pick it up, boom, go out to the practice field, run the offense, run the, run everything. And where the other guys, they were struggling because their offense was totally different. They couldn't pick it up as fast. They were like, hey, Jay, man, can you help hmm. us with this? Can you help us with that? So on the off time, I'm teaching them some of our offense for the senior bowl game. And uh, so it's definitely a, a, a big test. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Davidson said um, there's – there's a three-hour mental exam, and he said that that was harder than any offense he prepared to face <laughs> that season. I mean, there there are so many different things that go into this. I 
personally like start sweating when I think about the weigh-in just because there's a room full of execs standing there watching these guys get on the scale and like analyzing their body and like all I mean there's so much that that goes into this one I remember that way too well it's just like my biggest nightmare to be like standing there and draws while like everyone's analyzing how much (laughs) fat I have you know what I mean like no thank you but Marlon Davidson uh has put on some weight since the end of season which he said he expected because he hasn't done his typical conditioning he weighed in at 297 Mm -hmm. he said he wants to be 285 but uh you know I think that if he puts on a little size I mean he's played all over the line in the league. He's expected to be more of an interior D lineman, but if, if he's got a little extra weight on him, but he still moves the way he does and can have some agility, I I still think that makes him valuable. I mean, who he's going to be going up against in the league, they're going to be way bigger than what he's been seeing in college ball too. I'm also thinking when it comes to the Marlon Davis, we're going to try to get him on here within the next two weeks. Um, Yes. The thing is, I want to ask him this because I, I guarantee the agent has probably talked to some teams and they said, hey, if he can put on 10 to 15 more pounds, you know, because he's going to be playing in the interior part of the defensive line. And mm-hmm. when you get to the NFL, these offensive linemen are huge. And you're talking right. about taking on a bunch of double teams and having to shed blocks and get in the backfield and make tackles for four full quarters at that level. And his chance of playing defensive end, not so much at that level because he's going to be an interior guy. So they probably want him about between 297 to probably 305 just to take on those double teams week after week after week and keep his same speed and athleticism that he has. It makes him more unique and makes him more of a higher draft pick because of that. It's also going to depend on what kind of system he plays in I mean most of the time at Auburn he's playing in a four three uh if you're in a three four your size you could be too small to play in too big to you know be more of an edge rusher so I think it's going to depend on what system he gets taken into I've seen uh that he spent a lot of time talking to the Eagles this week guy like him definitely fits in a four down system um you know you go to a three down system it's just like everyone remembers Sue when Sue was in the four down system with the Lions everyone remembered him Ever since he went to a three-down system, you hardly hear his name anymore in pros. So true. So, you know, hopefully for Marlon, he ends up in a four-down system, which fits his technique and fits his athleticism and lets him get a chance to get on blockers. Honestly, I'm kind of glad Derek didn't go to the Senior Bowl because this gave Marlon an opportunity to kind of be his own guy and not be talked about in comparison or alongside Derek. Like, everyone's just focused on Marlon. And so I'm I'm glad that this week has kind of given him the opportunity to show that. And I really think it's going to increase his draft stock. I think he's proving that he should be a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we wish him the best. Like I said, we'll try to get him on here, Auburn fans. Uh, No pressure, but uh... (laughs) – I'm try to see if we, yeah, we can work around his schedule because I know they're training and everything, but uh, hopefully he can cut maybe 20 minutes out of his day for us. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's real quickly talk about the basketball team before we close here. But before we do that, just want to tell you guys about my bookie. Do you want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. And if football's not your thing, no worries. MyBookie has it all from the NBA 
to the Premier League. It has the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your cash from my bookie. Bet, win, and get paid. Last week, we had all just taken in the first loss for this team to our rival Alabama. And unfortunately, they didn't bounce back the way I expected them to. They then lost uh, to the Gators on Saturday. But they returned home last night, another SEC game, and defeated South Carolina. Clearly, this team likes to play at home, which, like, that's okay. We're still early in the season, so I understand the the confidence boost and needing to feed off the crowd. And SEC road environments are hostile, so everybody needs to chill out a little bit. The, the sky is not falling. This basketball team is in a very good position. They have a 16-2 and overall record, and they're 4-2 and in the SEC. So, Everyone just needs to remain calm a little bit. I understand it's upsetting when you lose two in a row, but I think the sky's the limit for this team. I really do. Yeah, I think those two losses is not an, an indictment on this team about, oh, man, like I thought we was this and now we're showing this. No, if you look across the whole college basketball right now, there's teams that are up one minute and then they're down one minute. And yep. there's no one that's all is standing at number one position. One through four, it changes every week. And – we can't get so caught up onto the rankings part because the rankings didn't get us to the final four last year. Sometimes a loss or two can benefit you more in a way because it makes you more aware of the things that you wasn't doing before. You know, yeah. things that you may have been doing to get by. Now you're in a heart of your schedule. You can't do those things anymore and expect to come out victorious. So you either have to adapt and change or stay the same and continue to lose. And, I think that's why I say Coach, Coach Pearl is one of the best basketball coaches in all of college basketball because he even said, I'm not shocked. Everybody else was shocked. I wasn't shocked that we lost the, those two games because he's yeah. the guy that sees tape day in and day out, and he's in practice, and he knows those things that we were getting away with early in the season was going to come back to bite us in the middle of the season when we got to the heart of our schedule. So now oh, yeah. we get a chance to correct those things, and guess what? We got LSU that comes here, which they're first in the SEC right now, I think. And then we got Kentucky that comes to us on February the 1st. So we got some games that are coming to our arena that can put us right back in position to to be the SEC champ. So like you said, everyone just got to take a deep breath, relax. Not all losses are bad losses. Some losses are mm-hmm. to get you focused and locked back in. So with this basketball team, we're fine. Like Cambridge last night, the, the freshman, he had 26 points, you know. The, yeah, in, in a he big, went big, off. Yeah, he went off. So some of these guys are still developing. Like this is their experience. So let's relax. Auburn basketball is still awesome and great. And, in a uh, great place. Yeah, in a great place. So just continue to come out, support these kids, get behind them, win or lose. If As a fan base, when you lose and you show even more support to kids, man, they buy in even harder. Well, and losses suck. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, we none of us like to lose. Winning's great. But there is certainly a difference in basketball mm-hmm. and baseball oh, yeah. apart from football. In football, we are so accustomed to after one loss, everything's over. College football playoff is out of the right. question. SEC title game's out of the question. Season's over. That is not the case here. Two losses – 
four losses, five losses, this team can still achieve everything that they want to. Oh yeah, eight last year. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I I just think that everyone has to kind of keep perspective, um, and and the bounce back is much more important than than the two losses. But uh, I do want to talk about the they were in a bit of a shooting slump, which is definitely not. Um, characteristic of this team under Bruce Pearl in Saturday's loss to the Gators. They only shot 25 from the floor, making just 14 of 55 field goals and four of 23 three pointers. But then on Wednesday, they were 26 of 57 and 10 of 27 from the three point range. So it certainly improved, but it wasn't right out the gate. That's kind of what got me nervous at the beginning of the game. They were a bit slow and, and it seemed like they still had a bit of a hangover from that last the last two losses. And so that, that can't happen. Once this team rallies, you see magic, but they can't, they have to have a short-term memory. They can't let those carry over any kind of residual impact on the next matchup because the gauntlet of the sec, like you said, is only going to continue. And you, and you said some important keys there. Like you said, like I shoot in the shooting slump. When I think of this Mm -hmm. team, this team has got to stop comparing themselves to last year's team. And what 100%. I mean by that is when you think Brown and Harper, those guys lived outside the three-point line. You know, oh, they yeah. can shoot you in the game. They also can shoot you out of one. But they shot us in it more than they did out. But the yeah. thing that they had to their their repertoire was they could get to the basket. And mm-hmm. when you think about this group that we have this year, they're not the outside shooters that Brown and Harper was, you know, were. So what they have to do is understand, like, Maybe I need to get to the basket early and often in the game so that I can get to the free throw line and start to see the ball go in the basket. Once I start to see the ball go in the basket, then my confidence goes up. So then I can start to hit those outside shots because I'm shooting with confidence and not shooting with a hope and a prayer. So if we can get to that point of them understanding their role and understanding you know, what what their ability is and stop looking at last year's team and comparing it, then I think they can really take off and, and create their own identity because just because Coach Pearl lets them just, you know, shoot and everything, that's why I like him because he let them do what they do. But at the same mm-hmm. time, as a player, you have to sometimes look at yourself on tape and say, man, I'm trying to get my outside shot going too soon instead of just trying to get to the basket to get into the game and then let my outside shot just come. Get to the basket. That's what y'all are right now. Then sure. start to go outside. No, I think that's a great point that while you want to learn and and capitalize off the success that was had last season, especially because it was so historic for Auburn, you're not that same team and your identity can't be the same, mostly because you don't have the same personnel. And I think there were so many question marks surrounding this team. What would it be like without Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chuma Okiki, those guys that were the face and, and really led this team to the success that they had. And I got excited when I was reading up on some different stats. There are so many guys whose names get listed in articles when they do game recaps. It's not just the same two or one stars. Like this is really a collective effort. And this team, young guys are contributing and finding their way. And maybe one guy is is not really on his game and then some new freshman steps up. Like I think they're really gelling together as a unit. And once again, that's credit to Bruce Pearl and, and the kind of coach that he is to get them to buy in. But you're absolutely right. The identity of this team cannot be a replica of last year it shouldn't be 
a replica of last year. I think they've got a different skill set, a different group of guys ready to put something unique together. Uh, and I think that that could even be learned from the two losses. I want to ask you this. Okay. Do you think college basketball allowing players to have to go to school for one year before they can turn pro is hurting basketball or helping basketball? Because the thing that I see is a lot of these kids, when you recruit highly touted basketball players, the first thing in their mind is I'm trying to get a year or two and I'm gone. Yep. And and when you recruit guys that were, if the rule was changed, if you can go straight out of high school, okay, that's on you. You choose to go, you go. So then you know the guys that come to your campus, you may have opportunity to have them for three years or so, and then they blow up, then it happens and they leave, they leave. That's okay. Yep. But what I'm saying is a lot of these guys that come into college, yes, there are two or three of them that can go straight out of high school to pro, but there's many of them that go to college. I mean, they can go, they try to go pro, and that's the story that half of them don't understand. I played with some guys in All America when I was in high school in these basketball tournaments. And some of that's all they talked about was trying to go to the NBA. Some of them tried to go pro too early, and you never heard anything else about them. So they missed out on those good years where they could have been developed in college that they didn't get the opportunity to do because their mindset was so, I just want to go pro. I think it hurts basketball, personally. Um, uh, It certainly hurts college basketball. Um, I'm, you know, obviously in the broadcasting side of things, and I know that college basketball, other than March Madness, does not bring in the amount of money that it should. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that so much of sports fandom is around the people. Some people are fans of the game and some people are fans of the players. That's why we try to bring personality and and tell their real stories because a game is so much more interesting when you know something about the guy that's playing or the, or the girl that's playing. And if the athletes aren't there more than a year, no one has time to become a fan and no one can learn about them. No one can support their story. And I understand it's, it's the shiny attractive thing to, to go with, you know, the money, but guess what? You're going to get drafted and you could potentially spend four years in the G league and everybody forgets about you. Like where you are in college, if you're lucky enough to be at a program that's establishing something great, I think these guys should stay longer. I don't think that, uh, it's, it's helping the sport grow if they're there for 10 seconds and then bounce. And every year it's a revolving door of a new 18 year old that we're only going to see for a few months. And then he's out. All right, because I remember basketball growing up. I was a huge fan of college basketball because basketball was actually, people don't know, this was my first love and uh, and everything. So, you know, I was very talented in basketball and everything, and uh, I enjoyed it. But some way, somehow, you know, we got to find a way to fix the college game. Um, You know, it has lost some luster. They got to figure out some way to to get the – to get the product better. I'm just saying, like, I think you should change the rule and say, okay, if you can go straight pro out of high school – then do it. But if you choose to go to college, maybe you stay two years. That way, oh, at I least agree. after two years, then if you leave, you had some form of some type of education. Because another thing is about going to college is you learn how to take care of your money because you, mm-hmm. you, you, you taking classes and stuff. You become a little bit more educated a little bit about, about everything around you and you mature a little bit more. And it's totally different between going to the NBA as a 20 year old and going to the NBA as a 17 year old, 18 year old. I agree. I I think that makes sense. Honestly, what's weird and alarming, football actually has a better argument 
that guys should be able to go early. I think we're seeing a trend more and more that guys are retiring younger and younger. Luke Keekley just retired at 28 because yeah. the game is physical and taxing and we are starting to see these guys opt out of a, a 10 year career to preserve their bodies and their mental health. So they actually have a better argument to enter the league earlier because the longevity of their career is likely compromised. Yeah, I think in the NFL, that's a good point. Like that's a great point. Like it's been more guys retiring in the NFL um that are in their prime um yeah. than ever before because of that because of all the things that has come out about the CTE and everything that's come out about mm-hmm. you know all the the knee surgeries and knee replacements when you're in your early 40s and stuff like that things that you shouldn't have to worry about until you're later on in your life you know but yes i think you have to spend 3 years in college and football which i think is the right thing though because if you go to pro and football after two years, let's take Trevor Lawrence, for example, real quick. Trevor Lawrence has been outstanding since he got to Clemson. But when he got in the LSU game, LSU made him look like an average quarterback. Sure. Now, you imagine putting him in the pros at 19 years old and how they going to make him look. You know, so mm-hmm. that's a different ball game. Like, playing in that level, you get your butt hit. Like, it's a lot of ice tub and everything. It's, a, it's, it's brutal. And uh, I just think that you know, football is the right way. You at least need to stay three years before you go pro because your body needs to develop to be able to absorb those hits and everything. Like, yeah, there are some kids come looking like grown childs in college, but I don't care. Like your body got to develop. And I think the three-year rule in football is the right way to stick, the right way to go. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I just think it's interesting that basketball has an argument for guys to start their professional career sooner than football players when that is going to have a more uh, long-term impact on their bodies and their mental health. Because a lot of these guys that have been sustaining concussions started when they were in high school, playing high school ball. And and it certainly happens in college ball, even, you know, with targeting and, and them trying to make it uh, better. It's happening all the time. These guys are getting knocked out. So if they've got to do it for three years in college and then they want to go play in the league against the toughest, most physical athletes out there, but then basketball thinks that after one year they should dip out. I, I don't know. I just think it's it's certainly an interesting debate. I don't want the rule to change for football. I think they should be there for three years as well. Um, but it's it's interesting, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if that does start to become a discussion now that younger guys are starting to announce retirement. All right, guys. Well, I think that's all we have for you this week. I love when we get on different tangents and (laughs) and have some debates. That's a fun little twist. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening to us here on Tiger Talk. Jason, I love breaking down all things Auburn and really just in the grand scheme of sports now that it's the offseason. So we will be back next week. We will be previewing the big Super Bowl matchup. And as promised, we will continue to work on getting some different guests for you. We're going to mix it up now that it's the offseason. But be sure and stick with us. Subscribe if you would like. Leave some friendly comments, a nice war eagle. We'd love to see that. And uh, we will continue to bring you guys all of the Auburn content that we possibly can. So thanks for listening. War Eagle. 2020, a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. 
But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.